Well, I'll tell you, they didn't have to preach tonight. There's enough in those pieces to bring us face to face with the truth of the gospel. That we piece of the sign at the last, there's room on the cross for you. An unsaved friend tonight, no matter who you are, what you are, where you're from, there's room at the cross for you. Doesn't matter what you've done, there's room at the cross for you. Let me tell you what happened at the cross before saying I'm further today. The Lord Jesus was put to death on the cross to bring you and me eternally. He was put to grief on the cross to bring you and me to glory. He was forsaken on the cross so that you and I could be forgiven. He was lifted up on the cross so that you and I could be taken up to be with him. Now there's a wee sermon for some of you preachers. But you know I'm going to preach tonight on a very unusual subject. It's a very unusual message. I'm going to preach tonight on a dead man's testimony. A dead man's testimony. You know what testimony tonight is a wonderful thing to have. But it's also a wonderful thing to give. It's a wonderful thing to share. To share with what Christ has done in our lives. To share with others. Do you know after I got saved you couldn't keep me quiet? You couldn't have kept me quiet. Before I was saved, yeah, the day of rest comes, keep me quiet now. To tell others what the Lord Jesus has done for me. I say, Christian, we question for you. When was the last time you shared with someone your testimony? Doesn't have to be in a pulpit. Doesn't have to be in a platform. When was the last time you shared with someone about the grace of God in your life? Maybe someone today is seeking answers, wondering what's wrong with their life. And they look at you and they say to themselves, there's something about that man, there's something about that woman, there's something about that young lassie that's different. And they don't really know. And maybe they're waiting on you to share with them the great transaction and transformation what has happened in your life the day you came to trust the Lord. But tonight we're going to listen to a dead man's testimony. We're going to listen to a man tonight who's not on this earth. We're going to hear a man tonight speaking to us from beyond the green. Beyond the coffin, beyond the hearse, beyond the grave, beyond the headstone, we're going to hear a man talk. But first of all, let's learn a wee bit something about this man in life first. Now, where do we find this man? 
on where you have found this dead man's testimony. Well, if you have a copy of God's Word with you tonight, I want you to turn with me to Luke's Gospel, chapter 16. The Gospel of Luke tonight, and in chapter 16. Now this man tonight has really two testimonies. His first testimony is all about his earthly success. I'm telling you this man done well in life. He wasn't short of a pound or two. But then there's another testimony. But it doesn't bear the testimony of earthly success. It bears testimony of his eternal, his eternal sorrow. Now let's listen to the story very carefully. And I want you to really listen to what God has got to say tonight, friends. Because this man that you're going to hear tonight could be you. If you don't do anything about this salvation business, what you're going to read tonight could be your story. <coughs> Now Luke's Gospel, chapter 16, verse 19. There was a certain rich man which was clothed in purple and fine linen and fared sumptuously every day. And there was a certain beggar named Lazarus which was led on his gift full of sores and desiring to be fed with the crumbs which fell from the rich man's table. And moreover the dogs came and licked his sores. And it came to pass that the beggar died, and was carried by the angels into Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried. And in hell he lifted up his eyes, being in torments, and saith Abraham afar off, and Lazarus in his bosom. And he cried and said, Father Abraham, have mercy on me, and send Lazarus that he may dip the dip of his finger in water, and cool my tongue, for I am tormented in this flame. But Abraham said, Son, Remember that thou in thy lifetime receivest thy good things, and likewise Lazarus evil things. But now he is comforted, and thou art tormented. And beside all this, between us and you there is a great gulf fixed, so that they which would pass from thence to you cannot, neither can they pass to us that would come from thence. And he said, I pray thee therefore, Father, that thou would send him to my father's house, for I have five brethren, that he may testify unto them, lest they also come into this place of torment. Abraham said unto him, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, Nay, Father Abraham, but if one went unto them from the dead, they will repent. And he said unto him, 
that they hear not Moses and the prophets, neither when they be persuaded, though one rose from the dead. Amen. And we know that God will have his blessing to the reading of his own precious truth. Now, just before I begin the sermon tonight, if you have a mobile phone with you, can I ask you please to ensure that that mobile phone is on silent or switched off? Because when it comes to the end of the meeting, and God is speaking and God is working, friend, that's when somebody's phone will go off, and that's the last time we want, that's the last moment of any time that we really need any disturbance. So if you have a mobile phone with you, please do turn it off, or put it silent, so then we'll have no disturbance at the end of the message. Now, as I've said tonight, I'm here to speak to you as God has given to me this message, a dead man's testimony. And here is a man tonight who has lived and who has died and was buried. And you know, we're very familiar with those three things. We're very familiar with life. And we're very familiar with death and funerals. And we're very familiar with the graves. But this takes us tonight beyond all of that. It takes us beyond the wake. It takes us beyond the funeral. It takes us beyond the coffin. It takes us beyond the hearse and the graveyard and the cemetery. God's message tonight takes us right into the very heart of hell. Into the very heart of hell tonight. Because this is where this man gives his testimony. He's not standing in a church. He's not standing in a platform. He's in the very heart of hell. And you know, I want to first of all talk about this man. It's a factual testimony to me. This is not a parable. This is a factual testimony that this man is given. And you know the strange thing tonight about this man? You don't hear this man speaking in life. You don't hear this man speaking one word while he is alive. You don't hear this man's voice when he's on earth. First time you hear him speak, when he's dead and when he's gone. If you have never heard anybody speaking from the dead tonight, you're going to hear him speak tonight. Now, what does this man's testimony teach us tonight? It teaches us tonight that you don't die like a dog. There's a whole lot of people tonight think that's how you live and you die like a dog and you're buried in the ground and that's the whole thing over. Let me tell you, it's not the whole thing over long. It only begins. It starts the moment you breathe your last love. That's when it begins. The moment you breathe your last, sir, it's not the end. It's only the beginning of something that is eternal. You know what I hear the greatest nonsense talk at mates? You go down to the room to see the remains. And the person who has died has neither went to church nor went near church. 
And you hear the people say, oh, you know what's happy for them? It's happy for them. Let me tell you, friend, tonight, it's not happy for them if they're not saved. Don't get your, don't you allow this, this illusion tonight to fill your mind up and do this better for them. Because tonight you're going to listen to a factual testimony this evening of a man who lived, of a man who died, of a man who was buried. You see, friend, tonight, listen, after death, I want you to get this tonight, after death, there is the reality of eternity. Heaven or hell, no purgatory. Heaven or hell. And what you do with Christ who died on the cross for you and shed his blood to pay redemption's price will determine where you will be in eternity. Heaven or hell. It's not what church you go to will determine where you'll be in eternity. And it's not mother of what kind of life you live will determine where you will be in eternity, sir. What you do with Christ will determine where you will be in eternity. Nothing else. What you do with the Lord Jesus. You can go to the Baptist church and still end up in hell. You can go to the brethren and still end up in hell. The free Presbyterian, the Church of Ireland, Presbyterian, Methodist, Chapel. You can still go to hell. But none of them places determines where you go. It's what you do with Christ and Christ alone will determine where you will be in eternity, friends. You see, this man in life, honey, man, he wanted for nothing. He had everything that he desired. He was a man tonight, he had plenty on him, he had plenty around him, and he had plenty in him. Wanted for nothing. And I want you to notice here tonight, that in verse 19, we can see his earthly success. <coughs> but you know, friends, this evening, even though, friend, he had this earthly success, when he drew his final breath, I'll tell you, did you ever think of the moment when you'll draw your, your final breath? This afternoon I was in the Ulster Hospital at a bedside, holding a man's hand, praying with him, reading the scriptures with him. And let me tell you, friend, this was a dear brother in Christ. And I can tell you now, and there's those of us who are in the ministry will know this, I can tell you this now, there's a difference when you're holding the hand of a saved man than holding the hand of an unsaved man of death. There's a difference in day and night between the death of a Christian and the death of an unsaved person. And in 
Dundalk Hospital in Lloyd and the Ulster Hospital in Dundonald, even though this man was through the valley of the shadow of death, friend, there was a peace. And there was a calmness. You know why that is? Because we as believers won't have to cross Jordan alone. Jesus died all our sins to atone. At the river we will see he'll be waiting for me. We won't have to cross Jordan alone. Why? Because when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Why, George? Because he will be with us. I tell you, a Christian doesn't die on their own. Thank God when it comes my time to go, the Savior took my hand and he'll bear me safely over. Tell me this, sir. You're unsaved, right? Whose hand are you going to take? And no minister, friend. Or you can have the minister at your bedside, and you can have the priest at your bedside, or the pastor at your bedside. But hey, when you exhale your breath, and your hand and your body becomes a lifeless corpse. Who have you then? And your soul departs. Who have you then? And you see, friend, tonight every one of us is staring in the face of death tonight. And at half past five, that brother in the Lord went home to be with Christ which is far better. And for him today, at half past five this evening, faith, you will a saint, and now he sees the Saviour who died for him. That's the hope we have, Christian. Don't you be getting worried and all upset what's going to happen in this world. God's in control of this world. And the matter, even though things are working worse, worse and worse and worse, listen, the prospect's great for you and I, Christian. Thank God the Lord's come. And thank God the future's bright. But tonight, if you're not seeing the future's far from me. You see, this is a factual testimony tonight. Now, 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 now look at verse 23. It says here, sorry, it says here in verse 22, and it came to pass that the beggar died and was carried by the angels of the Abraham's bosom. The rich man also died and was buried and, and in hell. And in hell. He lifted up his hands. He lifted up his hands. The moment he breathed his last in hell, he lifted up his hands in hell. Not floating about in some cloud with a harp on his knee. In hell. There was a man buried in Barrygolly Parish Church in the year of 1959. That's before my time that I wasn't even born there. But I heard the story. And there was a Church of Ireland lay reader by the name of Alec Reed. And Alec Reed was only saved a very short time, but God gave him a gift to preach, and I can tell you he could preach. And the family asked, the family asked, Alec, would he bring a wee word at the graveside? And Alec did. And whenever Alec spoke at the grave, he said this, 
Whenever you hear the sound of the grave digger's spear clumping into the ground to open your grave, you have left a tomb. Whenever the grave digger's spear clumps into the ground to dig your grave, you have left a tomb. Twenty-six years after that man's funeral, Alec Reed was walking up off of the crowd main street, and this man come and tapped him on the shoulder. Are you Alec Reed? I am, he says. He says, do you remember a funeral that you spoke at Marigoli Parish Churchyard? Which funeral was that, he said? Oh, you won't say it a long time, you won't say it all that long. But I remember what you said about the gravedigger's spear clapping into you the ground. And, and, and if it's clapping into the ground open your grave, you get the tool you. You know, Mr. Reed, I was glad I met you today. Why? You know, I was looking into that grave. And I thought twice if that was me in that coffin. I wonder at it. And stand at the edge of that grave, Mr. Reed. I give my life to Christ. And I'm so glad to meet you today that the Lord used me. You see, friends, this evening, this here tonight is a factual testimony. This is no fairy story. This is real. And I'll tell you something else about it. It's a vocal testimony. It's vocal. And he cried and said, and he cried and said, Here's a man there, and now he's speaking. Now he's speaking. And listen to what he says. Have mercy on me. The first words a dead man spoke. Have mercy on me. You know the, you know the song and the serious thought about this testimony to me. Now you listen very carefully. The last thing on that man's mind in life, the last thing in that man's mind in life was the first thing that was in that man's mind in death. The last thing on this man's mind when he was alive was the first thing on his mind whenever he was dead. In life, the last thing in his mind was mercy. Should I don't need mercy. But they want mercy for Why should I thinking about it? Look at the tongue. Look at the heart. Oh, friends, listen. There's many like them tonight. Many like them. No thought of God. No thought of matter. But let me tell you this tonight, on the authority of God's word, if you die without Christ tonight, the first person you'll have in your mind will be Christ. Because you see, I want you to notice this. Maybe in life, somebody has given you a gospel track. You've come to this mission. You've heard gospel preach. And uh, maybe you've said to yourself, I want to mix the name in case they're there to brainwash you. Why oh, not the night? All them good living boys, I wouldn't listen to them boys. Have a crest. Ah, they're only good living for a living. 
And may they tell you some Christians tonight have put that into their mouth and you can't even argue with them because some Christians do live as hypocrites. And if you're saved tonight, sir, you're saved tonight, love, and you profess to be saved, for goodness sake, live the life that you profess. Because the biggest hindrances to the unsaved that stop them from getting saved is hypocrites. Christians not living right. Make sure a Christian you're living right. There's more to the Christian life than carrying a big Bible in your heart and a face on you like a plumber. Make sure you pay your bills now. Make sure you live a stately. Make sure you live a life that glorifies God, that doesn't exalt yourself. Make sure that in these days, listen, Christian, if there's ever a day we need to be filled with all the fullness of God as the day in which we're living in. Oh, friend, listen, brother and sister, don't you make sure, make sure tonight, make sure tonight you're living right And listen, maybe you're here and you're not saved, and the reason why you're not saved because some Christian has done the dirt in you. Some Christian is feeding your body. Listen, will you take me advice to me? For goodness sake, get your eyes on Christians. Get your eyes on Christ, the one who died for you on the cross. I can take you through the four Gospels today, and you will never, you will never ever point to me where the Lord Jesus done anything to me. You'll never discover anywhere in the four Gospels when he was in this earth, he done anything on their hand. You'll never find anywhere, anywhere in Holy Scripture, when the Lord Jesus was in that earth, that he broke a promise. Never. And please, unsaved friend, if some Christian, professing Christian, has hurt you in any way, please, for goodness sake, get the rays of Christians and get the rays on Christ. I want you to notice something else in this verse. 23. 24, he says, Have mercy on me and send masses that he may dip the tip of his finger in water and through my tongue. For I am tormented in this flame. And verse 25, But Abraham said, Son, son, remember. Son, remember. There's no dementia in hell. There's no Alzheimer's in hell. Listen to what he says. Son, son, remember that thou in thy lifetime, thou in thy lifetime. Friend, you see, when you, if you end up in hell tonight, the one thing you will bring with you will be your memory. Your memory. You remember things you did in your lifetime, love. You know what you remember? You remember if you die on sale. You remember the night you sat in, in, in the Grange Baptist Church and you heard the gospel and you heard the appeal and you remember nights when God spoke to you and you remember nights whenever you were troubled and you remember nights when you were concerned. 
Let me tell you some friends. There's people in hell tonight will give their everything to be sitting where you are sitting tonight. They will give anything to be sitting where you are sitting tonight and the one will waiting for me to finish they'll be up here telling me how to see them. And there was people and there is people in hell tonight that sat in gospel meetings and heard the very call of God to their souls and felt the conviction of their sin upon their hearts and the world troubled Ah, but they've done nothing about it. Ah, but tonight, tonight, even this very moment, they're remembering, they're still reflecting, and those memories are haunting them. Haunting them. Oh, I can hear them tonight. Hear them. If only I had read that gospel track, instead of crossing it and throwing the pen among the ear. If only, if only I had went to the wee back room with Pastor and Craig at the end of the mission there in the Green's Baptist Church and I would have listened to him I talked to Pastor McDonald I wouldn't be here. And you know, friend, what we're hearing here tonight, what we're seeing here tonight could be you if you reject Christ. What we are seeing here tonight may be you in eternity. You see, it's a factual testimony. It's a vocal testimony. Ah, but it's a painful testimony. It's painful. Look at verse, look at verse 24 again. Oh, have mercy on me, some sand lashes. Why? That he may dip the tip of his finger in water and cool my tongue. Why? For I am tormented in this fear. Why is your idea some nonsense talk? You know, I witness the people say, What do I want to go to heaven for? Should this matter crack in hell? And the disillusion, you know, hell is going to be one great place. Man, and the discos, and the dances, and the drink, and the everything. I tell you, friend, this man's testimony tonight doesn't tell me that the discos and drink in hell. In fact, he couldn't even get one drop of water. Not one drop of water. I tell you what this testimony's testimony gives me. It gives us the clear graphics of hell. You know what William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army, said? He was asked one time, Mr. Booth, how would you train your cadets to go out to preach the gospel? He says, you know what I would love to be able to do? Bring them to the very door of hell and make them knock their head for five minutes. And he says, there'd be enough there in two seconds to scare them for two eternities. And I'll tell you, they would preach better and they would pray sincerely. I think maybe some of us Christians would do with a wee duke into hell just to waken us up. And just to be reminded what Christ has saved us from. Listen to what Isaiah 33, 14 says, Who amongst us shall dwell in the devouring fire? Who amongst us shall dwell with everlasting burnings? Now listen, don't try this at home for goodness sake. Don't you try this at home. If you just take a candle, an ordinary candle, 
You try and hold your finger in that flame to see how long you could hold it in. I tell you, you won't hold it in any more than a second and a half. The pain will be unbearable. Well, that pain, unbearable pain, it will be nothing compared to what the torments of hell will be. I am tormented, tormented, he says, tormented. And this him. For the worm dieth not, the Bible says, and the fire is not quenched. And people there to me, as I've said already, have seven meetings. The way you're sitting in this People there tonight, enduring this torment tonight, that won't certain meetings just like this, spread out horrible. 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 And I heard the call of God. And the Spirit was striving with them. The Holy Spirit. And the Father. And for weeks they couldn't sleep. They were thinking about it. And they were troubled about it. But done nothing about it. That's the problem. Done nothing about it. The one that hell is the easiest thing to do, love. All you've got to do is do nothing. Attend all the meetings you want, but don't you do a thing. That's what you're in. You see, friend, it's a factual testimony, it's a vocal testimony tonight. But I wonder tonight, are you like this person? When is there anybody here tonight, and this is you, you're almost persuaded now to believe. Almost persuaded Christ to receive. Is that you tonight? You're living up on this pulpit and you're staring at me, boy, I definitely would love to chat with you. I, I am told. I am concerned. I've heard enough this week I don't need to hear anymore. I understand. I I understand why the Lord went to the cross. He died for my sins. I understand why he shed his precious blood because he had to pay redemption's price because that's the only thing God would accept. God did not accept any religious ritual. The only one thing that could meet the demands of a holy God as a sacrifice for sin was the precious blood of Christ. The blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanseth us from all sin. Not the water that you're christened with. Man told me once that's why he gives communion, because the communion wine washes the sins away. Friend, that's how blind people are by religious rituals. But I want to make it clear tonight. The precious, precious blood of our Lord Jesus Christ tonight is the only thing that counts. I was taking a funeral one day in Lurgan Baptist Church. And I've done something that day that I've never done before. And there was people in from both sides of the community. And I said, now listen folks, listen, listen to me now. I want everybody to look at the coffin. Everybody, he says, everyone, if you look at the coffin, you look at the coffin. 
They got their attention. They knew everybody was staring that prophet. This is what he said. You see, all this talk about being a prophet, and all this talk about being a unionist, and all this talk about being a loyalist, see what comes to this? It counts for nothing. Counts for nothing. And all this talk about being a Catholic, and all this talk about being a nationalist, and all this talk about being a Republican, when it comes to this, it counts for nothing. The only one thing that counts when it comes to this is the precious blood of the Lamb. Do you mind that night in Exodus 12? What did God say? When I see the blood, that's all God was looking for. The blood. He wasn't looking out for Hebrews. He was looking out for the blood. And let me tell you this. If any Egyptians hadn't been behind the blood that night, they would have been saved. It's the blood of Christ that atones the soul. No religious sacrament. See, Graham, listen. Oh, friend, it's a, it's a factual testimony, a vocal testimony, a painful testimony. It's a fearful testimony. I'll tell you why. Because he's afraid now of his five brethren. Did you hear what he says to Lazarus? He said, oh, to Abraham, hey, Abraham, Abraham, well, listen, when you send Lazarus, you'll be better than Send Lazarus back to my five brethren. But I have five brethren. And if you go and witness to them, and tell them, unless they come to this place of torment, you know there's something about this wee story that not too many people see, but I see. Why was that rich man in hell so eager to send Lazarus and nobody else? I'll tell you why. I believe all through Lazarus's life, Lazarus witnessed to this man. I believe all through his life, he witnessed to him. He spoke to him. In the home one day, this rich man says, Oh, boys, Lazarus, you want to see the, 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 the lump of land I've got now? Oh, you want to see what I have now, Lazarus? And Lazarus just turned around and said, I would know what Jesus said. What? What shall a prophet a man if he gains the whole world? He loses his own soul. Oh, great, Lazarus. All right, that's you, the sound of religion, not again. And they look him home. And he says, You're not the old day. I bought a big house. Oh, I've got another mansion. Me and the wife, we're going to move to it, Lazarus. We're going to move to it. And then Lazarus says, Is that right? Well, listen to what Jesus says. Jesus says, A man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things that he possesseth. <laughs> and he says, And another thing, Mr. Ritzman, another thing Jesus said, the moment you die, in fact, he says, do you remember the rich man up the road, that farmer, he made a fortune to go? Do you know what God said to him? God said to that rich farmer, Now who, this night thy soul, shall be required of thee? And you know what he said to him? Then who shall these things be? Man of the thick of me, tell me this, did you ever see a tumble on a hearse? Did you ever see a man bring the grandfather truck and property and money? Let me tell you, there's no pockets in the shroud. And even if there was there would be no use because your arms would not stick, you couldn't get your hands in or out. Flame, listen. And I believe, he said, Lazarus, you go, you go. Listen, I, I didn't listen to you. 
But you told me if you loved me, tell me this, Christian. If there's a man in hell to make good the pen, you'd go and tell his family. Hmm? If there's a man in hell to make me a neighbor, and you live next door to him, tell me, could he depend on you to go and tell his family to repent? To tell his family the meaning of the Or could he just say, I don't quite depend on all of them, but he never opened his mouth to me? That's why I'm here. You see, Christian, now listen, Christian, I want you to get this thing. We need to get real in these days about these things. We need to get real. We expect the unsaved to get real. Listen, if we Christians are not serious about these things, how do you expect the unsaved to be serious? Or was it good for testimony? He made a laugh and he made a joke and made fun of Lazarus. He's not laughing now. He's not joking now. But then notice it's an eternal testimony to me because it says this because between me and thee there is a great gulf fixed. You see, there's no escape. There's no escape. Imagine being here forever and forever and forever and forever. Man, the face four years and ten seems a long time, but it's only a, it wouldn't even be a million. As far as eternity is concerned, to be in pain, to be in torment, to be in darkness forever, forever, forever. And you're sitting in this meeting tonight, I'm going to see friend. You're sitting in this meeting tonight. And this is where you could be. I was in a hospital about three, four weeks ago. And I went out of the lifts. And I noticed out in the right hand side, there was a bit of commotion going on. Didn't pay much heed to it, so I went round to where I was visiting one of our members. She says, hey, Brian, what's going on around there? There's a bit of a commotion going on. He says, George, did you hear? He says, no, that's my master. He says, you know, I must... 49 years of age is walking down that ward, but you just dropped down like that. No one hit the ground. Go on. That's the way you could end your life. Let's have it, it. No time to think, no time to breathe, no time to even call it. You just go like that. That's why the Bible says, Seek ye the Lord while he may be found, and call ye upon him while he is near. Because now is the accepted time, because today is the day of salvation. God has promised us not one tomorrow, not one tomorrow that's God trust and promise us. <coughs> Here today, God. And you don't have to be old to die. The old must die, but the young may die. I said to you the other day, the first coffin I ever carried, first coffin I ever carried was on that shoulder. And I was in the front, and I was 16 at the time. And no days the wee lad was in the coffin, 14. You don't need to be old to die. But you need to be ready. 
an old friend that's eternal. But here's what I want to finish with. It's not only thank God. I'm broken. I'm fearful. I'm eternal. It can be avoidable. It can be avoidable. For you, honest. For you. Sure, you. I'm sure there's not one great thing in person in Graham's Baptist Church to me or one of this mom's testimony. And if you don't want this mom's testimony to me, what you need to do is come out and recognize yourself as a guilty sinner above all things, because that's what we all were born as. I just tell you as it is, listen, my Bible doesn't tell me I was born a Protestant, I was born a sinner. And I was born a sinner, needing God's forgiveness. And the only way I could get God's forgiveness was by repenting of my sin and coming to the one who died on the cross for my sins, the Lord Jesus. Because he is the Lamb of God who taketh away the sins of the world. He's the Lamb of God. Nobody else can do it. And through the shedding of his precious blood, then I can tell you, he can set you free today. And you know, you, you ask me, how do I know that? How do I know that's enough? Let me tell you why. Because the third day he rose again, and today he's a living Savior. And he's a soon returning Savior too. But he's a wish I was here another week, and we're preaching in the second coming, friends, and he's ready for that. But it can be avoidable today. Oh, do you know what the cross says? The cross says to me, I'm the way home. I'm the way to heaven. Friend, it was there where the Lord Jesus Christ died your sins. How? Well, he was being made sin for us who knew no sin, so that we that we may be made the righteousness of God through him. You and I can't make ourselves right with God. Then the only way you get saved is to recognize you are a sinner and repent of your sin and receive by faith the Savior into your heart. And he says this, Whosoever shall believe on the Lord Jesus shall receive And him order that cometh to me, I will in no way cast him. I love that. Doesn't matter whether you're a Catholic, you can come to me, I'll take you, I'll receive you, Jesus says. It doesn't matter if you're a drunkard. It doesn't matter what you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. Him that cometh in me, I will in no ways cast him. And do you know what he says? For as many, as many as receive him, to them give he the power to become the sons of God. You see, this man's testimony is avoidable for you. And that's why tonight you don't want to be him. And if you don't want to have this man's testimony tonight, you just need to come out tonight. And don't be doing what they've done any other night and just sit and you wake up a day and go home. You need to come and see as you know, I don't like sneaky saints. They have to come out and talk to us and tell us because there has to be confession with the mouth that you believe that the Lord Jesus died for you. And that he rose again on your trusting hand. Oh, friend, to me, listen. Our Savior has died and rose again, so then why should you be lost? Hell is filled with people with mess. 
opportunity. Don't you mess up the day. And that's why we go in prayer. Every day, every day, every day. Friend, listen to God as we're speaking to you today. That's because he's got very, very close to you. <coughs> it means the Spirit is striving with you. But God says, my Spirit shall not always stay. Friend, tonight if God has been speaking, please don't put this off. That's all right. I can implore you. I implore you tonight not to put off the consideration of eternal matters that concern your soul. Don't leave this hall tonight without trusting Christ. Call on his name tonight, and if we can be an help, come and see us. Blessed God, we thank thee tonight for thy speaking time. Lord, you have given us all something to think about tonight. Something to act upon. Pray, Lord, for any unsaved soul. Lord, we just commit them to thee and praying, Lord, that you will draw them out. After they sat, Lord, give them the saving grace. We know it's their responsibility. And Lord, for us that are saved, will you forgive us, Lord, for the laxy, daisy way we live at times? Help us to really be faithful in our living and in our lives and in our dealings with men in these dark days, that we will bear a clear testimony the saving grace of God in each of our lives. That our lives will be a growing power for that people see tonight that you are real and you give us a life worth living. Now, Father, we just bring these meet these meetings to us. You know, Lord, there is food provided for us when you accepted our thanks, O God, we pray. And Lord, for these moments, just pray, Lord, give us the grace just to sit and think. What, Lord, you said to us this evening. 